Well, we are in for a special treat today because one of our own is going to talk to us. Many of you know Lola Wright is our executive director. You see her up here on Sundays. I hope you also give thought once in a while to what she's doing during the week to keep this place humming. I met Lola many years ago when she was working as a professional singer, still a gorgeous singer. She met her husband here. Some of you might not know that story. It is a great story. And I feel like I've really gotten to know her all new and deeper this year. When somebody is being a prac student, a practitioner student here at Bodie, at some point of their studies, they mentor up with somebody who, one of us old farts, who's <laughs> been around for a while. And I had the honor of mentoring Lola. And I saw the word that comes to mind so much is devotion. So devoted to the idea of the God within. How do we awaken that God within? And the other way I got to know, which was interesting, so I was mentoring her, but as our care structure, as being a leader champion for some groups here, she was the one who checked in with me every week to see how I was doing with how I was doing with our other folks. And so we were calling each other to check in on each other. And every time we'd talk, it'd be like, what if? What if we did this at Bodhi? And what if Bodhi could be this? And what if Bodhi could be this? So again, that devotion. And this theme, beloved community, was really her idea because she was so devoted to it being a vibrant place for all of us, but to really be that beacon of light in the city. Her vision is so large. So we get to hear her today to discuss these ideas with us, to help us bring into this whole series of light. And um, one thing you might not know about her is that she is only weeks away from getting her ministerial credentials. She is getting her Ph.D. in religious studies in her uh, theology studies from Emerson College. So I am so happy to be introducing the very soon future Reverend Wright. So I can tell you that she does all of this. You guys get it. Run Bodie. You know what that means. And, of course, she does that with Kim and Joan so beautifully. And raise four children. Come on, you know. And I can say this truly. Think and love every one of us every single day. Please welcome Lola Wright. Good view. <sighs> so, 2006. Winter 2006. Um, I'm laying in my bed uh, in a puddle of tears. In a puddle of tears of despair, of loneliness, of hopelessness, of frustration. It seemed as if nothing was ever going to change. I had two small kids, eight and six, and um, we had moved seven times in eight years looking for another apartment, hopefully less expensive, more space, looking for a new job that could hopefully get me out of this loop. And over and over and over again, I found myself there. My brother and I call each other each year, waiting for the holiday music to come on 93.9. So I want to buy these. 
It's the worst Christmas song ever. Do you guys know that song? Oh my gosh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It was Christmas Eve of that same year. I'm driving home from my aunt and uncle's house in Highland Park. It's the most perfect Christmas Eve ever. The snow is falling. Lauren and Trey are in the back seat of the car. They've fallen asleep. And this song comes on. And I'm sobbing. It is like, oh, gosh. He's going to buy the shoes. He's got to buy the shoes for his mom. Jesus is coming. And it's so sad. And my kids, one day, they might have to buy shoes for me. I mean, it's like this whole drama. And I was committed to it. It was what I knew. It was all I knew as an adult. In the Tao Te Ching, it says, the path into the light seems dark. The book of Lola said, the path is dark. It's very dark. It is dark. I'm certain of it. I see no sign of light. It is dark. Gratefully, there were those wiser than me. Gratefully, there were those wiser than me. So our objective today is um, I have the bold privilege of having you fall in love with the winter. For those of you that lived through the polar vortex... I am here to convince you that December, the winter, and the cold is for you. It is for you to fall in love with. We're here. I was walking uh, home from dropping Caroline off at school the other day, and there were two parents behind me. And one said to the other, I'm not ready for this cold. I am just not ready. And I thought, Dear God, it's December 3rd. I mean, when are you going to be ready? The winter is here. The cold is here. We can embrace it. We can love it. Or we can be mad about it. The winter is simply a metaphor. We have those dark and cold seasons of our life. Some are deep pockets. Some are long and deep rabbit holes. But some are just a moment. And my invitation today is that we allow ourselves to fall in love with those moments. Let us reframe those moments. There is something so holy in those moments. So, in the darkness of the womb, life is conceived. In the darkness of the soil, seeds germinate. In the darkness of the inner mind, ideas are born. Darkness is nature's time of rest, formation, incubation, rejuvenation, secret rendezvous of invisible powers and unseen realities. That's by a man named Rocco Errico, a brilliant, brilliant scholar. And it provides a new framework. In the darkness of the womb, 
life is conceived. I have had four children. It is dark. It is dark. When that, when that life is emerging in one's womb, that child is not saying, it is bad in here. It is very bad. This is not good. But we do that. We do that in our lives. We lose our job. This is very bad. This is not good. Someone leaves us. This is very bad. This is not good. And yet each and every one of us can look back on those moments in our life and say, wow, that was so for me. That was so for me. So what could be possible rather than discovering that in hindsight to know that in the midst? In the darkness of the soil, seeds germinate. My husband is a landscape architect. And when he creates... He creates for all seasons. He doesn't just create for the spring and the summer. He is my greatest teacher. We love the spring and the summer. We love the spring and the summer of our lives because we like it good. And we have a limited idea of what good is. But when Nathan designs, when he creates, he is interested in driving by his projects in the winter to notice the winter interest. Winter interest, the winter interest of your life. That's a good context. I like that. So what that means is he literally will drive around, and I I remember it last year, he, he drove around a client's house, and it was like, the winter interest means that the hydrangea, when they brown, they stay intact. You leave them up. You don't chop them down. They stay there beautifully. And so he drove by one of his clients' house to see the winter interest. And it had been plowed down. The maintenance company had no appreciation for the winter interest. The maintenance company didn't see the beauty in the winter interest. Where do we not notice the beauty in our winter interest? In Oak Park... Very similarly, where we live, our neighbors are meticulous. In October, the leaves have fallen, and it is time to rake the leaves out on a tarp and then carry the tarp into the street where the village will pick them up. It's a lot of flipping work. It is a lot of work to get the leaves on the tarp, get the tarp around the side yard, and then get get it in front. And then the leaves will blow, and they're all over, but the village is going to pick them up. And I want us to do that in my house. I want us to do that. But Nathan won't let us do that. Because the leaves, the dead leaves, actually fertilize the soil. So what Nathan wants us to do, while everybody else is making their yard look nice, he wants us to rake the leaves all over our grass, and then he wants us to rake them into the beds Because as they decompose, again, they fertilize the soil. But so often we're too committed to things looking nice than what's actually in our best interest. So really the invitation is like, 
how could I see the winter interest of my life as being for me? I shared this with you before. In the darkness of the inner mind, ideas are born. In the darkness of my life, when the cabinets were bare and the fridge was not looking so hot, my greatest meal creations came about. Because there's something rich and inspired that can come when you are not living in gluttony. I don't say that like a truth. I'm just saying that like, wow, we tap into some inner inspiration, some inner idea that is always with us. We just sometimes forget. And sometimes when we're so comfortable, we can really forget. So, in the end of the poem, he says, the secret rendezvous of invisible powers and unseen realities. My life has been riddled with secret rendezvous. And so has yours, actually. You know, I... On that same year, it was winter of 2006, on February 14th, 2007, it was a Wednesday evening. And at the time, we held Wednesday evening services here, and they were beautiful. I mean, people would come to these Wednesday evening services. They were sacred. They were beautiful. And on that Wednesday evening, it was Valentine's Day, and I didn't have a car, and it would take two buses and a train to get here. And so I opted not to come because it just was, it was too much. And so I sat at home sad, so sad for myself. But I had no idea what was to come the following night. The following night on February 15, 2007, I met my husband here, and it was a secret rendezvous. But I didn't know that on February 14th. I didn't know what was going to come on February 15th. We don't know what's just around the corner. So when we talk about the stories of light, for me what was so important is, yes, let us talk about the stories of light, but let us not dishonor the darkness. It's easy to get, in in a society where we're so, we're, we're positivity junkies, And there's something that is lost and something that is missed when we don't honor the darkness. So this year we're honoring the darkness. You know, our Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are in the second week of Advent. Advent is the time of waiting, waiting for the light. This past week, our Jewish brothers and sisters all over the world were studying the story of Jacob. The story of Jacob is the struggle, wrestling, the struggle, the struggle, the struggle, until you get the blessing. Staying in the struggle until you get the blessing. And tomorrow is Bodhi Day. Buddhists in pockets of the world are celebrating the Buddha's journey to enlightenment. So this month we have the honor and the privilege to celebrate our own journey to enlightenment. It's not something that happens once, something we do over and over and over again. I look to someone like Nelson Mandela, December 5th, this time last year, one year ago, he laid his body down. That man spent 27 years in prison 
The first 18 years of his life were in Robben Island. They were the worst of the 27. He uh, slept on the floor. He had a bucket as a toilet. He was allowed one visitor per year. One visitor per year and one letter every six months. By year 13, he was forgotten. They had gotten rid, the government had gotten rid of everything in the country that had any sniff of Nelson Mandela. By year 13, he was really forgotten. And at no point, or not for very long anyway, did that man stay in the darkness. He had the darkness be in honor of something. He didn't say, oh, you know what? That's too dark. It's too dark. I give up. No, he knew the possibility of light. He knew the possibility of something new. He knew that that was not the truth of what was for his life, what was for that country. And so each and every day, he woke up with a renewed commitment to who he was here to be. You know, I... um, I was thinking about the lyrics that Tiffany Monique sung so beautifully. And at the end of that song, she loops, is love still alive? Is love still alive? Is love still alive? Is love still alive? And I was thinking about times in my marriage where I could ask that question. Is love still alive? Is love still alive? Is love still alive? And what I really got this week in thinking about that lyric was that dormancy is different than dead. When something is dormant, it does not mean it's dead. When my hydrangea are in their winter interest, they're not dead. They're just dormant. In fact, farmers, particularly in this climate, they need the dark and the cold to happen. If the dark and the cold does not happen, the harvest in the upcoming season will not be as rich. There is something for us in the darkness. The path into the light seems dark. It doesn't say the path into the light is dark. The path into the light seems dark. So there's a beautiful... um, a beautiful quote from The Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes. And I just invite this to be our homework this week, that we say this daily to ourselves. I'm going to invite you to say it with me now. <clears throat> perfect God within me, perfect life within me, which is God, come forth into expression through me as that which I am. Lead me into the paths of perfection and cause me to see only the good. So don't, it, that, that's going to go out in the stream tomorrow, but I just invite you to be in that each day this week. Where, where are we placing our attention? Cause me to see only the good. We are being given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity in this world, this day, to test that. And if we look to the world to validate or verify truth, we will be disappointed each and every time. 
we must look at the truth of our lives, not the facts of our lives. So today, when we do our time of uh, prayer with the licensed spiritual practitioners, many of you enjoy coming up to the front of the room and receiving prayer. And today we're going to do it a little differently. Rather than the practitioners speaking prayer on your behalf, our practitioners are going to stand up here. And for those of you that are interested, you can stand up before a licensed spiritual practitioner and say, perfect God within me, perfect life within me, cause me to see only the good. And the practitioner will say, and so it is, which is the Hebrew the English translation of the Hebrew word amen, and so it is. So I just invite you to do that. You know, um, as I lay in that bed that night in 2006, and life seemed despair, um, Lauren, my eight-year-old, came up to me, and I very, very vividly remember You know, kids have a knowing of things that we have forgotten. And she came up to me as I was just in a puddle of tears on the bed. It wasn't even my bed. It was the landlord's bed. Sad. And she came up to me and she put her hand on my back and she said, Mommy, it's okay. It's okay. She knew. Mommy, it's okay. I'm forever grateful to her for that. My kids have always been my greatest, greatest teachers. So I'm going to invite the band up here now. To clap, yeah. And I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes with me, if you will. Again, just knowing that this morning is always in honor of you. Perfect God within me. Perfect light within me. Cause me to see only the good. I'm going to invite our practitioners to come up in front of the room, if you would. Let us just breathe in together, knowing here and now there is one life. It is the eternal presence, the infinite life of good, the absolute presence of love, the divine intelligence, the idea of peace that resides at the center of each and every one of us. It is my life. I am one with this infinite life of good. I'm one with the ever-present nature of spirit. I'm one with the absolute peace. Knowing that the peace of life, the peace of love, the exquisite and extraordinary breath that breathes me, that moves me, that has its way in me, that is who I am. 
And as this is true for me, I absolutely know that this is true for each and every one of us in this room, that there is one life. It is the life of pure and perfect spirit, and it breathes every single one of us. So in this knowing, I absolutely claim that we honor the dark corners of our lives, that we honor the dark pockets of our lives, that we be willing to call forward the pain, that we be willing to call forward the disappointment, that we be willing to take a look at it for so long as it remains in the shadow, it has its power over us. Bringing the winter interest forward, honoring it, knowing it as sacred. And when you are ready, feel free to come before the practitioner and declare what is true for you. Above you, you will see it on the slide. Perfect God within me, perfect life within me, cause me to see only the good. Perfect God within me, perfect life within me, cause me to see only the good. And our practitioners will say, and so it is. for the infinite life that has been affirmed here this day. So very grateful for the knowing that new life is on the horizon, that new beginnings are on the horizon. So good to know. How very grateful that I am for this here and now. I release this word. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Practitioners, you can have a seat. Thank you for your service. And now is our time to go into meditation. So I just invite you to hold this time as sacred, being for you, sitting in the stillness, allowing the presence to have its way. back into your body. You can open your eyes when you're ready. Thank you for the honor and the privilege for letting me be here with you today and always. <laughs> Thank you.